Hello, and welcome to Group Chat, conversations on biblical community. In today's episode, we talk with Stephen Alcalan about group discipleship. How do we become more like Jesus, and how can we do it together? If you'd like to learn more about us, please visit www.rushcreek.org. Okay, welcome back. Thank you again for listening to Group Chat. Uh, We hope you find it helpful, and we are wrapping up our final episode of our first season. And to cap it all off is our newest group's pastor, Stephen Alkaline. Is that how you say it? Pretty close, Alkaline. Alkaline. That's acceptable. Yeah, see, I I guess I'm just too American to be fancy like that. It's all good. But um, Stephen is our newest group's pastor at the Miralagos campus, uh, and you've been on the job for how long now? I think six months since about September. And how's that going? It's it's going better today than yesterday. There <laughs> the you go. Before. Well, that'll work. That'll yeah, work. It's going great, man. So he's uh, he's on here. He's got a he's going to bring a unique perspective because before he was groups pastor, he was a small group member and a small group leader. So yes, mm-hmm. that so is you, a, you've that kind is a true of been statement. you've been kind of just worked your way up the ladder. Uh, yeah, you could say that. Not not intentionally, it just kind of happened. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I yeah. thought you were going somewhere different with that, but that is true. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, before that, before that, he was a genius at Bell Helicopter. Oh, that? I would not have said the word genius. Yes. No, no, no. But um, <laughs> but he's on here today. He's here to talk about group discipleship, and I think I think uh, your experience as a group member and a leader is going to mm-hmm. really help you relate to the people that we're talking to. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so let's dive right into it. Sure. Um, We'll start off, so group discipleship, Mm -hmm. this has a lot to do with our identity of a learner. Uh, We have the three identities of a disciple, uh, learner, family, missionary. Mm -hmm. Um, So learner is probably the one we're going to really hit on today. Mm -hmm. Um, And specifically when we say learner, someone who's learning at the feet of Jesus, someone who is um, passionate about scripture, passionate about people. Mm -hmm. Um, So kind of describe for us the process of becoming a learner for those who are just starting out. Mm -hmm. And then how do you maintain that mindset of constantly being in this mode of learning in a small group? Right. That's a real good question. I I think the first, I think the first thing you have to do is, is kind of check your mindset. Like you said, Um, I like Learning, I like learning new things. Um, I probably spend too much time on YouTube learning things. I just like to learn new processes, and um, I'm always intrigued by like seeing YouTube videos on, you know, here's how you make a baseball bat, here's how you make a hockey stick, and it's like, it's really interesting, right? But that's a different type of learning. Um, that's more informative, more um, informational intake. I'd like to kind of see how things are made. I, it, it's a type of learning, but like I have no intentions of going out in my garage and like building a hockey stick from scratch, right? Uh, not at all. But learning um, in regards to, um, you know, being a disciple, learning at the feet of Jesus, um, that implies doing, practicing, improving um, and there are some things that I, I do get off of YouTube where I'm learning how to do something, but it has, I have full intentions on going out there and actually putting it into practice, doing it, knowing that I'm not going to be great at it at first, going back, tweaking it, analyzing, getting better, growing and growing and growing. And so um, I think sometimes we may, um, as believers, kind of fall into that category of just informational intake, right? Maybe we can find ourselves... Um, showing up on a Sunday morning to hear a good word, to hear this information. It's all good. You like it. 
Um, maybe even um, in the context of a small group, you, you show up and you hear these things and you're learning, um, but maybe you're not really putting it into practice. Maybe you're not seeing any sort of improvement or growth because you're not doing it. And so I think to be a, a learner, w- one that learns at the feet of Jesus is to, is to get your mindset right, that this is not just informational intake. This is not just head knowledge. This is for the sole purpose of transformation. I'm, I've, I've lived my life the old way. I'm a new creation. I'm going to learn from Jesus for the sole purpose of uh, conforming my life to his life um, by doing, going out and doing. And so I think that's like, that's all that to say, I think the first step in the process is to get your mind right. You know, what, what is a learner? Um, and it implies doing. And so um, I think the, the second step of that process or, or how you worded it to, um, you know, to maintain a posture of a learning in, in a small group uh, ministry is just um, something that we learned in the, you know, in engineering school is that we are to be, um, you know, continuous learners. Like we never stop learning. We're always learning. We're never going to get to a place to where we're like, yep, I'm done. I, I've, I've reached Jesus level. I don't need to learn anything else. I don't need to go to church anymore. I don't need to read my Bible anymore. Like I'm there. I'm done. Um, and that goes with any sort of discipline, any sort of uh, career industry. Like you, you just don't have the mindset that like, yeah, I've learned enough. I'm done. Like we should always, always be looking for areas um, in our in our walk where they are inconsistent with the character of God and, and the life of Jesus. And so that, um, in my opinion, just um, in the group context, just helps us realize that there, there's always room um, for improvement. Well, and it's kind of like that. There's that. There's a tension. Mm-hmm. that you kind of brought up and it's this need to balance truth with life or truth with application so there's the, the leader has the struggle of you know making sure that the content is good making sure that they're that they are teaching the word that people are uh, getting into scripture in their group mm-hmm. um, that there that there is a level of information that has that is being transferred to the members mm-hmm. but it's it's also that tension of how do you make this information transferable into their life how it's like, like you said transformation <clears throat> it's it's changing not just their mind but it's changing who they are right and it's causing them to live differently mm-hmm. uh, so how can a group leader kind of successfully balance that 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 tension to where they're they're not they're not sacrificing the truth of what God's word says mm-hmm but they're not turning it into, you know, a seminary class mm-hmm. to where it, you know, this is actually something that's, that's tangible that they can put their hands on and go out and do, mm-hmm. you know, so ha- kind of how, how do they balance that tension? And especially when there's people who are growing up at different speeds, you know, not everybody right. in a group is at the same spot on their spiritual journey. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. So I think, um, I think the first thing that you have to do is just um, understand uh, the importance of the balance, and really what you mean by that, by by a balance. Um, you know, we have um, God's Word, uh, this truth, um, our faith, right? But then we also have application, um, our deeds, what our life looks like, right? And, and, and we say the word balance because what if we had just tremendous faith? What if we just had all of this Bible knowledge, but we did nothing with it like nothing in our life has has changed whatsoever or on the flip side of that what if you are kind of falling into the on onto the camp of man I'm just following all of these rules I'm being a good person I'm checking all these boxes uh, but maybe your faith isn't there like it, it's not good to be on either side fully on that on that spectrum right we want to kind of find that balance and so 
Um, it's important because I, this is just so, I happen to just be in James uh, yesterday reading and, and came across these verses that's relevant to these questions. Uh, so James 2.14, I wanted to share, it says, um, What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? It also says later on in verse 26, as the body without spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. And so it's just kind of like warning us that, man, you you might have to check your faith if you say that you have this faith, but you're not exhibiting any sort of fruit of the spirit whatsoever, right? And so um, that reminds me of John 15, 5, where it says, you know, I'm the the vine, you're the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit, and so, um, you know, what is this fruit that it's talking about? Whenever we talk about application, we're, we're learning about God's word and we're talking about application, living this out. What is it talking about? And so um, if you look in Galatians uh, chapter five, it says, um, you know, the acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like, I warn you as I did before that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But watch this. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So, so why is that important? Why is it important for us to ex- exhibit the fruit of the Spirit? And, and it says in John, it says, this is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. And like we, like we started off with, what is a disciple? A disciple is a learner. So it, it's implied that if you are a disciple, if you are a learner, um, God wants us to display uh, the fruit of the Spirit for his glory, to set ourselves apart um, as his disciples, right? Don't just be hearers of God's words, be doers of God's words. So it's, it's implied. So... Um, but then again, like we talked about, that it's a balance, right? It's not all faith. It's not all works. It, it's, this, it's this balance. So I think in the group context, as a leader, I think it's just important to just kind of clarify um, what you mean by that. You know, why, why is it important? What, what, are, the, um, what are the dangers of, of being on one side and the other? And so um, moving on, I think um, Colossians 3.17 has been kind of like a life verse for me. Uh, to help balance um, my faith, this truth, and my life applications. And Colossians 3.17 says, um, And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So if you have some people that are in your group that are maybe, um, they have this faith, maybe they're new believers, but um, they don't really have a lot of the the fruit of the Spirit, if you will, um, that verse right there um, if, if that becomes kind of like a life verse for them, right, it, it, it allows you to ask yourself, um, the way that I'm living my life, it, it, can I do that in a way that honors God? You know, because in all that you do, whether in word or, or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. And so maybe that's going to help them kind of bring into light um, some sin in their life, maybe some, um, some characteristics of, 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 their, um, of their self that's inconsistent with that of God. Um, but that same verse also can apply to the people that are maybe, um, man, maybe they've been doing this church thing for 15, 20 years, right? And maybe they're kind of in this season where, man, we're just kind of in this rhythm. Um, 
you know, we're, we're doing all of these things. We're, um, you know, we go to church, we, we're reading our Bible, um, we are uh, doing all these things, but maybe they kind of caught themselves drifting where they forget the why behind what they're doing. Right, I find myself doing that, kind of getting into the routine of the of the box checking, right, and I forget the why. But that verse right there kind of pulls me back from from going just going through the motions to man. Why am I doing what I'm doing? I'm, I'm doing it for the uh, for the glory of God and God alone. And so that is just um, one tip that I use. Um, it doesn't have to. You're not have, that is, I'm not asking people to like have your group memorize that scripture, right? Yeah. But it is just this. Remember, man, everything that we do. Uh, whether we say it, whether we do it, whether we feel it, our thoughts towards something, man, it should always, always, always bring honor and glory to God. And that that would help, I think, you know, balance that out. Yeah, yeah, just just keeping your eyes focused on the end goal. I remember, I remember growing up, I was an athlete, I was a basketball mm-hmm. player, and they always, uh, youth pastors and, and people would, would describe it as in terms of a sports team, in that imagine if, he says, if you all you did was go to church, mm-hmm. that was just your rhythm. You showed up at church, and that was every Sunday, every other Sunday. That was your idea of Christianity and never put it into practice. That is like being on a basketball team or a football team and having practice every day, mm-hmm. going to film sessions, having game plans, and never getting to Saturday. Wow. Never having a game. Never scoring a touchdown. Mm. He it, it says it just... Uh, he says there would be no there would be no reason behind it if you never reached your end goal of getting to game day, right? And it's when you actually put what you've practiced, you know, and you actually go out and execute it, right? You know, and I think that was always something that was really helpful to me. Yeah, that's good. And and one thing I, I left out that I got I got to throw in there is um, just with respect to the the group setting because I mean we all have the desire not only independently, uh, you know, we want to grow personally. Uh, but as leaders, we, we are shepherds. We have a flock. God has entrusted a flock to us, and we, we care about them, and we want them to grow as well, right? So something that you can do is, um, is have a process of accountability uh, with reasonable and realistic expectations, right? So Proverbs 27, 23 says, Be sure to know the condition of your flocks. Give careful attention uh, to your herds. Um, Romans 12.10 says, uh, be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. So um, if you are wanting, you know, your group to kind of maintain this balance of, of truth in God's word and application, then you need to know uh, if the people in your group, you know, where they are. Are they leaning more to the left? Are they mean, leaning more towards the right? And, and if, you're, if you care about your flock and you care about their growth, then you're going to ask questions man how are you doing in this area you know this is a struggle that that you've kind of brought up in the group I'm um, you know haven't heard you bring it up in a, a couple of weeks you know how are you doing with that are you are you moving past that you you found healing in that um, you know it's just um, accountability uh, of just knowing your flock caring about their growth and maybe sometimes asking tough questions right? yeah it, yeah it's, it's tough to yeah, you know, it's, it's okay to get a little uncomfortable. It's a little, it's a little uncomfortable sometimes. Um, and, and last but not least, uh, man, just prayer and encouragement. Uh, prayer and encouragement. Um, you know, the, everyone knows James five sixteen. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Um, you know, we we have just got to um, just believe and, and pray boldly that um, that God can and will work in our lives. Um, 
that the Spirit would guide us and remind us of His ways. And, um, man, that's just, uh, that applies to, to all things group-related, is to be in prayer. But I, I think that's, um, maybe I said that last, but maybe that should be first. Maybe yeah. That should be my first one. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Well, let, let, well then let's, let's keep pressing on that. So sure. We, sure. we talked about the fruits of the Spirit in Galatians 5, and yeah. then... Uh, there's there's Ephesians four that says that you know teaching and learning is for the building up of the body of Christ and mm-hmm. then and then you've got Hebrews ten which is spur one another on to love and good works and mm-hmm. and that phrase in particular spur each other on is if you actually think about what a spur is right. and what it does to a to a horse or an animal it's <laughs> not necess- it gets them to do what they want but it's not necessarily a a pleasant experience right. kind of what you're talking about asking those tough questions so right. as as we grow and as we mature you know those those are things that that we need done for us that we need to do for others um, right. so what are what are some practices or some things that that a leader can do in their group that 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 spurs that spurs their group on that helps each other grow kind of what are some things that you've seen uh, that you know of that that would help them do that right so so it, I think the most important one, in my opinion, is from the get-go as leaders and in a group context is creating a safe-to-confess environment, and that starts by leading by example. If, if we want to grow, if we want to clothe ourselves with, uh, with righteousness and the fruit of the Spirit and take off the clothes of, of, of wickedness, um, we've got to get to a place to where we can acknowledge the sin in our life in a, in a group setting. Um, and that's hard to do if you're not doing that regularly. If you've not created and cultivated that environment, it's going to be really hard to do. And so, um, you know, uh, going back to going back to Galatians, um, it says in, in 16, I'll, I'll read this for you. It says, um, so I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh they're in conflict with, with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. And so, you know, we, we talked about the fruit of the Spirit, you know, love, joy, peace, forbearance, all of these things. So what it's saying is, is, is if we walk by the Spirit, if we are living our lives um, by loving others, being joyful, having uh, peace with one another, being gentle and, and, and practicing self-control, what it's saying right here is that we will not gratify the desires of the flesh, right? My, we we are we are falling fallen beings. Uh, we have these fleshly desires, and man, I want to satisfy them. But but it's clearly saying here in Scripture that if you're doing all of these things, being being loving and doing all these things, like you're not going to want to do these. So if that's what you want for yourself, if that's what you want for the group, then um, we've got to encourage one another to to walk in the Spirit. To, to, to live this way. And so that kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier about the accountability. I mean, it starts with confession. Okay, hey, I'm struggling with anger. Um, you got to confess that, right? But then the accountability comes in. You know, how are you doing with that? You know, how are you doing? Um, and, and encouraging one another. So that that is such a, that is, again, I've got a lot of favorite verses. You're probably going to hear me say that a lot, but Hebrews 10, 24 through 25 is just kind of like my go-to community verse. You know, where it says, and, and, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, uh, and all the more as you see the day approaching. 
And so, man, you've got to do that in the context of fellowship. Um, it's, it's hard for me to, be, to just encourage myself. I've, it's really hard to grow in isolation. Uh, but whenever I am with my brothers and sisters, my fellow believers, people that are, uh, you know, um, chasing after the same things, when I confess my sins and, and I hear that other people are struggling with that as well, um, it doesn't make it okay, but it allows me to kind of take the steps of, of healing and, and working through that versus if I was just in isolation, um, just being really down on myself man, I'm still struggling with this. I'm, I'm never going to beat this, right? But being encouraged by one another with other people, man, that, that's huge. That, that's huge for, for spiritual, spiritual growth is doing it with other people. So then I'll ask you this. We've kind of we've touched on it a little bit here and there as we've talked, but we want to we be clear on this. So there's, when we talk about being a learner, that a, a lot of people interpret that different ways. They're thinking about it different ways. Um, some think, well, that means using really good curriculum. That means um, learning means sitting in a circle and reading the Bible, and that's it. And that, that's that's what it is. Um, so, what would, how would you respond to those? Is that what being a learner is, or is there, or is there more complexity to it than just sitting in a circle reading reading scripture together? As beautiful as that is. Sure. Is there more to learning as a human being than just that? I think you hit the nail on the head. It, it's complex. There, there's learning and then there's being a learner. I mean, um, you, you look back at the, at the New Testament. Um, did Jesus uh, give a sermon on the mount? Were there a bunch of people just sitting down listening to him? Yes. Did people learn? Yeah, they learned. Did the disciples learn? Yeah, they did learn there. Um, did he teach uh, in synagogues? He did. Did people learn? Yes. So, I mean, you, you can learn, um, you know, sitting uh, in a row or, or in a circle. Uh, learning can take place. But there's a difference between people are, that are learning and the actual disciples. Um, the disciples of Jesus did more than just hear those things, hear the Sermon on the Mount, Hear the things that he was teaching at synagogues, and they they did life together. They followed him. Um, they went everywhere with him. They experienced life with him. It, it was it was beyond uh, just words. Um, they witnessed him doing good works. They witnessed him uh, doing these miracles. They witnessed him um, keep his composure when uh, being challenged by the Pharisees. I mean that 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 can help you learn. Uh, tremendously. To, to give you an example, something that just came to mind was, um, so I, I like cars, I like Mustangs, I like racing cars, right? And um, drew up, I grew up drag racing, which is not good, I don't do that anymore. Uh, but I had a friend of mine who uh, invited me to do some autocrossing and to go, there's a racetrack out in Crescent, Texas called Motorsport Ranch. It's like an actual racetrack with the twisty turns nice. and the uphill, like, like long straightaways you get up to like 120 miles an hour sort of thing and it's crazy, right? And so there was a lot of learning to be done uh, before I could uh, get out there and, and, and be safe and have fun, right? And so there, is a, there was a time where um, I sat in a classroom and I had some professional drivers uh, teach me how to take certain corners, um, accelerate here, you better start braking here, don't do this. And man, I learned a lot. Had I not gone through that classroom, 
it would have been dangerous out there on the track, or I would have been driving like a grandma, going real <laughs> slow, and it wouldn't have been fun yeah. at all, right? Yeah. And so I learned a lot right there. Um, but then I went out there and I put into practice <clears throat> what they taught me, and I wasn't great at it. But then I came back, I started talking with other people that were out there, uh, fellow uh, race car enthusiasts, right? And they gave me some tips, and I went out there, I put it into practice, and I'm starting getting better, starting to get better, right? And I was learning, getting better, practicing. Um, but then there was one time where my buddy said, hey, why don't you get in the passenger seat and I'm going to take you around this track. We've got the same car. We've got the same modifications done to it. I mean, it's essentially the same exact car, but he's just way more experienced than me. He's been racing cars ever since he was a kid. And man, it blew my mind. We went around that track. He was taking corners way faster than I was because I didn't know I could take a corner that fast. He was going deeper into the straightaways before turning. I thought you had to be on the brakes way earlier than that, and like he showed me. And that next time, that next session that I went out there, man, it was night and day difference. I was hauling, not to make much of myself, but my brother who was also out there, I was whooping his butt, okay? And it, it all came from sitting in the passenger seat of someone else who was more experienced. So that's what it makes me think of as far as learning, it's more than just that classroom environment. You can learn a lot by being with other people and watching them do what you want to do. I've heard it once said that discipleship is, uh, is, is this. Come follow me as I follow Jesus, right? Yep. That whole concept, hey, come with me, right? So you can learn a lot. By it's exactly what Paul says, imitate me as I imitate e Christ. Exactly, yeah. exactly. That, there's a lot of learning to be done there, to, to, to see it, to experience, to feel it, right? And so um, if you want to uh, if you want to learn, you know, how to pray, you know, there, that was me early on. Like, I was, I was just terrified to pray. I didn't know how to pray um, or pray for others. That was something that I was, uh, I was nervous to do. Um, being around another believer, watching him pray for, like, our server, said, hey, can I pray for you? I'm like, oh, that's how you do that? That is so cool. I mean, you could preach from stage and tell me how important it is to, to witness and evangelize out there, but like when I'm with someone and I watch them do it, it's like, oh, oh, I'm just going to imitate you. I know I'm supposed to imitate this Jesus and imitate this book, but like when I'm doing life with someone and they're showing me and doing things with me, man, they learned a lot that way. Yeah, yeah. So what I gathered from that is you're ready for Texas Motor Speedway. Bro, let's go. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> right, right. So, all right, well, well, we'll close it out. We got one more question, and we'll wrap it up. Um, one, of the big, one of the big pushes that you're going to see from the group's team uh, going forward is this, is this emphasis on biblical literacy, right. this idea that we want all of our church partners at Rush Creek to, to be biblically literate, to mm -hmm. understand what Scripture says you know, in its proper context, mm -hmm. what, it, what it is saying, what it's not saying, and then how to remember that, how to understand that, and then how to apply that. Um, so how does this happen in a group setting? And then also kind of flip it around, and what are maybe some, some dangers or some cautions um, that you would give to a group that could hinder that? Right. Um, just being in the Word consistently is, is a discipline. And, and, and some people are going to be um, in their particular walk where they're not even in God's Word at all, right? Uh, there's going to be some people that are, that are reading and journaling, uh, you know, seven days a week, right? And so I think that's where it starts is we need to build the discipline of being in God's Word 
um, routinely. I'm not going to say daily, but I would say routinely. And similar to what we talked about early on, it, it's this mindset. Um, the mindset of why, why, why am I reading this? Am I reading this to, to learn more about God or am I reading it just to read it to check the box? Um, I've, I've fallen victim to this and I'm jumping around a little bit about you know uh, the danger that's lurking around that could wreck our plans, right? I think one danger is um, just box checking. Um, one, one year I was so uh, encouraged and, and just proud of myself because with a group of guys, I, I read through the whole Bible for the first time in a year from cover to cover on the Bible app. It was, it was so awesome. I'm like, hey, I'm going to be so uh, biblically literate by the end of this that, you know, um, it's just going to like completely transform my life. Um, but I found myself getting into this rhythm of just reading just to read. And it yeah. really wasn't transforming me from the inside out because I was more focused on just checking those boxes. I wasn't reading for the right reason. So I think that's a dangerous, is not reading for the right reason. And so, I mean, that is on the heart of Russ and, and our staff is that we would know our Bible uh, but for the purpose of, of transforming our lives. So if that means slowing down your pace, not to knock anyone who's reading their Bible every year, not knocking that, um, but something that we have to focus on is, is, is whatever it is that I'm reading, how does it apply to my life today? And we really need to be doing that um, in a group setting I found it to be so much more beneficial to, to be reading the same thing with a few other people, whether it's a, a men's group or in your small group. Um, but that definitely helps is, is get people all on the same page and talking about it to get three or four or five different perspectives on what you're reading and how it applies. Because I could read this, I'm trying to figure out how does this apply to my life and, and I'm, I'm completely missing the point. But, but um, hopefully one of the other few people that, that's reading the same thing with me, you know, they can point that out for me. And so, um, all that to say, uh, don't do it by yourself, uh, do it for the right reason, um, and put it into practice. Like we said earlier, don't just be hearers of God's words. Don't, don't be just readers of God's word, uh, but do it. And that's how you really learn a craft of any, in anything, um, anything that you want to learn and be great at, whether it's a sport, a hobby, or anything, um, you're not going to really get it until you put it into practice. Yeah, yeah, it's a good word. Well, Stephen, sir, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, thank you guys for listening in. Uh, th- like I said, this wraps up the first season. So the rest of the summer, there probably will not be any content, but look for us to be back in the fall uh, while we spend the summer getting some new stuff ready for you that we think uh, is really going to be helpful and that you're really going to enjoy. So thanks so much, guys. We'll catch you soon. Thank you for listening to Group Chat, conversations on biblical community. If you'd like to learn more about us, please visit www.rushcreek.org.